Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. And here we are, back from the dead. Hit Factor Podcast. As you can see, it's just Jared and I this evening, as of right now. Uh, Mr. Guild Pistol Smithing might join us later. I don't know. He was out playing golf or something. I think he's been about as active as I have in shooting. I don't really know. I haven't been talking to anybody. So I've been super active in shooting. Well, there you go. So Jared has a lot to talk about this evening. Um, let's see, where, I don't even know where to start here. A little rusty here, a little rusty. I mean, I was never any good at this to begin with, so <laughs> we're, we're coming, we're not, not going to rust off here. Uh, we're probably just going to be fielding a couple questions from the Discord this evening, unless Jeremy joins us, and then we'll probably talk about Nationals. Like, I want to talk about Nationals, but... Well, it seems weird not to talk about nationals without Jeremy. Yeah, it, we're we're hoping Jeremy joins us to talk about nationals. If he doesn't get here, then we'll just uh, discuss it without him, and he'll miss his chance. Yeah. Did you did you like keep up with nationals on social media and stuff? Yeah, I, uh, not social media, but I checked the scores at the first day, and then uh, periodically through the next day, and then I checked it frequently on the on Sunday just to see where the race was at. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I'm not really going to do a big spiel and, and pitch and everything. So let's just, uh, don't forget to talk about, up? uh, shooters connection. Uh, well, I mean, we just saw the ad. It will, it will run. Thank you. Shooters okay. connection. Uh, hit the link. It'll be down below if you need to purchase something for shooting. That help, that helps out the podcast and definitely helps out Shooters Connection, which we do want to do. So there we go. We'll talk more about that in a little bit, possibly. Um, do you have anything, Jared? Do you have any housekeeping housekeeping you would like to to take care of at this moment? No, um, just talk a little bit about uh, what I've been doing in shooting, I guess, in the while you're queuing up the questions. So uh, I think the last episode we recorded was uh, right after Area 3, right? Yeah, it was just me and Jeremy, yeah. Mm, I thought I was on with you guys. No, because we talked about it late. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, I yeah. think that was the last one. Do we have another one? Let's add one after that, because that's where we recorded after Area 3, because I talked about how bad uh, Heatherton destroyed the rest of us in production. Maybe, dude. I, I have no memory of it, though. Okay, well, anyways, I've been uh, I've been personally training up for uh, Ipsic Nationals. 
or not NC Nationals, uh, Pan American Championships okay. in Florida. So leaving Thursday for that. Uh, been doing basically everything I've been doing has been on Ipswich targets, which I do like. Targets are a little tougher. Uh, very strong focus on basic skills. Like I went and shot today, and I shot 250 rounds and did nothing but doubles. Mm. I feel like 15. that's pretty freaking easy to do, to just spend 200 and something rounds on doubles. Yeah, just shot. Uh, well, I also zeroed my guns, or confirmed zero on them. Um, but otherwise, uh, 15 and 20 yards, just hammering out the doubles, you know, shoot around, see what happens. Um, I like that drill a lot because it, it, it's a lot like most of our shooting in our sport. And where you're like pulling the trigger and the gun's going off. Yes. But the way you're shooting, you know, you're shooting. You're basically always shooting as pairs. So, you know, you're shooting a pair on this target, a pair on this target, a pair on this target. Um, but if you pay attention to that drill, it, it'll tell you a lot. Like, you know, I, I strung a couple off to the left side of the C zone at 15 yards. It's like, you could, I could tell when it happened on the trigger pull because my grip was not right. Yeah. It's just, it's such a good drill getting, especially when you're getting close to a match, just as like, a little bit of practice without trying to change a lot. Uh, and then otherwise I did shoot my local on Sunday and they set up three of those proposed new classifiers. Um, and I thought one of them seemed like a, a decent stage in and of itself. Uh, the one that had some like last six shots had to be strong hand. I kind of thought that one was dumb. Yeah. I don't really. I, I wish our sport allowed like an entire stage just to be like strong hand only, like a, like a like an eighteen round stage to be strong hand only. Fortunately, the rule book does not allow that. But the I don't know. I've always just felt it was stupid to shoot like, oh, your last six targets had to be strong hand only. And then there was a there's one of the table or like a table start with a reload off the table. Um, it was okay, but I could tell when I shot that that's one that the hit factor will be blown out of the water on because it's just it's four rounds, four rounds on two targets, reload four rounds, four rounds on two targets. So it's one that's just going to be blown out of the water. Yeah, it's like there's going to be people that are shooting that thing in like probably the high fives and just yeah. destroying that state. It's just just the hit factor is going to go through the roof because people are going to. Most of the shooting's easy, except for one target's just like basically last couple inches of the upper or the lower A zone and the upper A zone. And that's one where people are probably going to destroy it and just shoot. How far away are the targets? Time. I didn't walk it off. Probably ten yards. I mean, all the other shooting's really fast. That's one that somebody will enough people will shoot it and hook up on it that the hit factors will be through the roof. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I shot a, I, I shot a 10 or something on it, and it wasn't like, it wasn't spectacular shooting, and I had two Charlies. So I'm sure, like, high hip factor, I'd say it's going to be probably like 15. Yeah. 
But I I did greatly enjoy the last couple of weeks of shooting Production 15, a.k.a. Limited Minor. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it's a, for such a little capacity increase, it's amazing how much it opens up the shooting and what you can do. Like, how much more aggressively you can shoot stuff. And you can, when you're not reloading every time you move, it does change a lot. Like, normally... Uh-huh. I'd say the good open guys around here when I'm shooting production, you know, I'm normally shooting like 85% of them. Yeah. And you bump that to production 15 and I'm more like 95% of them. Yeah. So pretty big change. Of course that match benefited it well with the round counts on the stages and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how I feel about that. Like the that idea that like having to reload doesn't really matter because you're moving anyway. Like I I, I get the the concept, but I, I want to really do some testing on that to see how I really felt about like if I, if I think it matters that much or not. Uh, like on a on a reasonable distance movement, I don't think it does. It doesn't, you know, if you're moving 10 yards, I don't think it really matters. Yeah, you can move a little bit quicker if you don't have to load the gun, but it's not enough to really matter. Where it really starts mattering is on that super short movements where it's like, you know, basically if you're shooting a high cap gun, you're just transitioning where we're mm-hmm. loading and taking a step or two. So you can certainly shoot a lot sooner if you're not messing with loading the gun. But I think the biggest time difference is just how much more aggressively you can shoot stuff. Like if you have a if you have a ten round position with two pieces of steel, or you're shooting, you know, a section of targets with ten rounds, and there's two pieces of steel, like you're shooting pretty carefully. You just don't really have the capacity for a mistake there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you put fifteen rounds in the gun and you're shooting aggressively because you have fifty percent extra ammo. That's that's where the big difference I think comes from on the high cap divisions to the low cap divisions. It's probably just the level of aggressiveness. Yeah, yeah, could be. Could be. All right, let's let's tee up a couple questions. Got to be some good ones in there. Okay. Uh, okay, this would be a good one for you. Uh, so I've been shooting USPSA for a little over a year. Started with a Glock, and I've recently switched to a Shadow Two or Shadow Twos. Uh, the switch has been fairly difficult getting used to the DASA. Any tips on how to make the transition a little smoother? Not sure if it matters, but I'm in class CO. So I'm going to assume, by the way that question was asked, that he is referring to the transition when switching from the double action trigger to the single action trigger. And, I mean, it's really it's just practice and trigger control. I mean, it's it's nothing more complicated than that. So, you know, you're generally probably going to see a little bit of time difference on your, like, first split there than you do the rest of your splits just because you are transitioning on the trigger. It depends on how your, your hand's fitting, mm-hmm. if your finger's adjusting or anything like that. But, uh, I mean, it's just practice. Do, you know... Trigger control at speed type drills uh, in dry fire. You, you just basically you short reset the trigger to run it as a dead trigger after the first trigger pull. 
and that's what you're working on is doing that without moving the gun around. Uh, if, you, if your grip's good and the gun and the gun is fitting you well, it's not that big a deal to get used to. Uh, I mean, I went I went from shooting 2011s to Shadow Twos, and uh, I was a GM and limited, but I hadn't been a GM for that long, and I didn't find the the switch terribly difficult for me. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, just pull trigger straight back. Okay, I, I have nothing for you because I refuse to shoot DASA. Well, some people, it's a, it's a, a valid argument for some people. I mean, it does have its, it has its advantages and has its disadvantages. Um, it brings up a good point though. Like, well, you know, a lot of people will ask about, like, oh, should I use a DASA gun or should I use a striker gun? I think the, the biggest benefit you're going to see from the DASA guns is generally they're going to be heavier metal frame guns. Uh, which for, for most people are going to shoot a heavier metal frame gun a little bit better just because they're harder to displace off the target. But you're also, you have the advantage when you when your trigger is good or lighter is that with a hammer falling on the, on the firing pin, it's generally going to have more room for error when you start getting the trigger light. Um, obviously, some of the newer striker guns, that's not really the case anymore. Because uh, the cock, the striker's fully cocked from the start, so they're still running a fairly heavy striker spring. But I know, like, on Glocks and stuff like that, back in the day, if you tried to run a lighter striker spring, they started getting primer sensitive, even though your triggers still weren't that great, or they'd get a soft reset. So, I mean, that, that's a big difference. And with the, with the metal frame striker options or the heavier striker options now, it really it doesn't matter much. I mean, right. Or whatever you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. The I mean the only advice I would have for this guy having zero experience making this transition would be reps. Just get some reps. Mm-hmm. So hope that helps, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, the type of drills you can do for that is like, like. You know, drawing two shots, specifically like two at 25 and some of that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just, you're not going to learn it without doing it. You're probably yeah, overthinking he, it. He said the transition had been going fairly rough. Like it had been very difficult. I don't know. He didn't say how long he had been trying to transition. Uh, but, I mean, I imagine that transition would be rough to start with. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I don't know at what point it would you would expect it to smooth out, but I would Look expect it, it to be rough to start with. Yeah, look at it on the timer. It's probably not as bad as you think. Well, I mean, that's not the only metric, though. Just time. I mean, if you can't hold the, the sight still, that's another Yes. Thing. Well, from either end, look at the target or look at the timer. Uh, okay. Here we go, Jared. This is a terrible question for Jared. Would you be able to tier or rank affordable middle ground premium gun choices for each USPSA division? Uh, I don't know, but I'll try. I bet you will. So, 
Uh, obviously, I work for CZ, so you know, got to throw the CZ options out there. So we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk the the lower ground for production, and I think this translates directly into CO as well. So basically, in the in the basic striker guns, you have like P10Cs or sorry, P10Fs, mechanics, um, the basic like X5. I think it's around the same price, the non Legion version, if they even still make it. And you have the old tried and true Glock. Uh, those are kind of going to be the big options in that like sub six or seven hundred dollar price range. So, are you classifying those as the affordable range or the middle ground range? Affordable range. Okay. Uh, and middle ground, I would say that's where you start talking like a regular Shadow Two or an OR Shadow Two. Uh, the 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 metal frame Beretta ninety two X performance or whatever it's called. Uh, you have the Tamfolios in that range as well. Uh, the Steel Frame Walters, the the Sig Legion. Uh, those are all in that price range. I'd probably throw the Max in with the regular Legion just because it's essentially the same gun. Don't think there's a large amount of difference there. Uh, and then in that that higher end range, you start talking like the Shadow Two Oranges, the um, Tempoio Extremes—that's what they call their like higher-end guns, their custom shop guns or whatever. Um, you have like the CZ custom guns, like the AO1, the Accu Shadow Two, that kind of stuff. I don't really know of any other in that range off the top of my head that are USPSA legal in production or CO. Mm. Uh, so then we're, we'll start talking limited. Uh, I think in the polymer front these days, the only like so sub six or seven hundred dollar gun. I think the Glock is like the only forty cal gun you can still buy. I don't know of anything else off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't and know. Can can you buy the gun that Mason shoots? I don't think so. I think you got to build it. Okay. And then I, I guess in that kind of that middle ground. Um, you have like the the tax port two. I'm probably could build the gun Mason shooting for around that price range. Um, and then you really don't have much for 2011s anymore. Uh, I think the masterpiece arms is 25, but I think you're starting to get in that high. You're getting to the bottom end of the higher end when you start talking on 2011. So you're hey, probably you starting can pick to pick up some. Uh, you can pick up some some pretty good priced old uh, paras on Gunbroker. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if the pairs would be a good option or not. I don't have any experience with them. I think mags might be a challenge there. Um, yeah. and it was like, uh, and you also you have the Tampolio forty cal guns too, and the cheaper metal or heavier guns. Yeah, I, I think that would be a pretty solid choice. Yeah, that that are the TS twos, <laughs> probably the best options if you're not talking twenty eleven money. Um, I think these days for a well-built 2011, you're probably starting around four nowadays. Um, those newer Masterpiece Arms guns, I haven't messed with them much. They look good. I think they're like 2500 so if that's the case, I think those would be a solid option. Um, uh, if you want to shoot a single stack, you can weld some mags together, and you can shoot 170 millimeter mag. <laughs> uh, you can just shoot 45 mags, load it with 40, or load it with 40. Yeah, if you're shooting a single stack, you can shoot 170 mil mag and limited. So definitely a solid option there. Yeah, no. 
Um, <laughs> let's see. And then next division, I guess, single stack. Um, there's a ton of budget 1911 options out there. Yeah. Um, then you start talking the the middle ground guns. So I think before you get to custom guns, um, I think the, the Colt competitions are decent guns. Um, I'm a big fan of the Dan Wessons at their price point, like like a Point Man 45 or Point Man 9. I think they're like 1600 retail. They're really solid options. Um, and then after that, you're into custom guns. And then if you're super rich, you can have Jeremy build you a gun. Yeah, yeah, uh, super rich. Yeah. Uh, Revolver. I think your options are Smith and Wesson or Ruger. Pick whichever one you want. I don't think there's anybody else building an eight-shot revolver. Very much. Did and did Ruger just come out with an eight-shot revolver? They've had one for a couple years, I think. Yeah. I Man, I can't. I don't want to shoot USPSA with it, but I kind of want one just because they look cool. And then uh, what's what do we got left? Uh, open. Um, I basically know nothing about open, so I think there's some bull guns that are still in that like twenty five hundred to three thousand dollar price range. Um, I think so in that lower price range there, you're you're talking basically probably that gun or uh, a checkmate, maybe the masterpiece arms. I'm not sure what its price point is, and after that, you're basically into custom guns. So you're probably yeah. Open's probably not an option if you're not ready to spend 6000 plus on guns. Yeah, I would say that's pretty fair. I, I think unless you like know someone local, I'd probably stay away from used open guns, personally. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, people aren't selling them unless they... Most of the time, they're not selling them unless they're shot quite a bit. Yeah, open's like... The, it's the custom gun division. Yeah, and then uh, I guess PCC. Um, I have no idea what you want. Probably some really cool SBR because nobody cares about the division. There you go. Yeah, I also have no clue with uh, PCC. I mean, you're, you're likely using some form of a AR9 that uses Glock mags. That's probably about the option. Probably JP Enterprises is probably what you want to buy, or maybe the MBX guns. Don't know yeah, what other ones are ready to Greg go. Is to she shoot a, or shoot the MBX, right? Yeah, well, I think those are the only two that I can think of off the top of my head that are like ready to go for competition. Anything else, you're gonna end up putting a lot of work in getting it ready. Yeah, yeah, I have no clue about that stuff. There you go. Jared just hit every single division and shouted out CZ in every single division. Well, hey, we built a diverse product line. I guess you could, yeah, you could use a um, a uh, Scorpion for PCC also. There you go. But, I mean, if I was going to shoot PCC, I'd probably use an AR-9 of some sort, but I'm not going to shoot it, so it doesn't matter. You guys don't have a solid option for a revolver? No. Uh, CZ Dan Wesson doesn't doesn't build anything in revolver, and uh, I don't think Colt has anything that holds eight rounds. I think all their thirty eight three fifty sevens are six round guns, so they wouldn't be competitive. Not American, Jerry. I know we'll lose us three or four of gun sales a year. Damn it. 
How do you use video in your matches and after match evaluation? Cell phone footage, first person footage, both? And what video equipment do you recommend? So I just use my cell phone uh, for third person view. Uh, so I. Uh, Whatever the most current iPhone is, that's what I have, like the big one with three cameras. Uh, okay. So I use that, and specifically from a from a thousand foot view, I'm looking at the video to see where there's clear evidence uh, evidence of room to improve. So was movement funky? Was was I set up funny? Did I not? You know, did I move the gun funny around an obstacle or something? You know, I'm looking for that stuff. Um, you can also, if you if you if you mess up a reload or something, you can also see, you know, what happened. Or if you missed a position, you can see like what it cost you. So it's just it's looking to find what's available for improvement. That for me personally, and then I'll post some videos. But I mean. 90% of the videos I take are for my own consumption to see what happened and why. Yeah. So, I don't really, like, I do not take video anymore. I don't really ask people for video anymore. Sometimes people take it and give it to me, and I appreciate it, and I use it. But uh, in the past, I, like, the first, not the first couple of years, but, like, second and third year of shooting, I wore a hat cam. Uh, it's the GoPro Hero. Or Session, sorry. GoPro Session. The, the really tiny one. Uh, and that was pretty cool. I didn't really feel like it was super helpful. Other than, so like, one thing it would be helpful in would be like, reviewing the order in which I shot an array. Because you could see the whole array in the video, they're not very good for diagnosing like movement stuff because you can't see yourself moving. Um, but if you're wanting to like look at was that order good or see, oh yeah, I had plenty of time there, I can shoot faster than that or something like that. Or even if like you had a malfunction or you did something goofy with your gun and have no memory of what happened at all, they can be good for that because you can see what's going on. I've yeah. diagnosed, like, malfunctions that way, actually. Yeah, and, and if you're trying to figure out, like, what you're looking at in the video, uh, probably a good resource to see someone who's very good breaking down their videos is Mason Lane posts some breakdown videos on his YouTube page. Uh, I think he's using, like, Coach's Eye or something to draw the little lines and talks about what he's looking at, what he sees, where the mistakes were. And then... Obviously, he's a very high-level shooter, so the mistakes are generally quite small. Uh, and if you're looking for more of that stuff, I think Practical Shooting Training Group still has a page of breakdown videos of, of shooters that are like just members of the website submit videos. Uh, so it's showing breakdowns of you know all levels of shooters being broken down by Ben or Joel or someone like that that can... That stuff can help you diagnose what you're looking at as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like it. Let's see here. Grab us another question. 
Okay, here we go. How do I improve strong hand only, weak hand only shooting with the DASA trigger? DA kills me, especially weak hand only, to the point I don't bother doing it indoors. Ooh, I hear that. That sounds Sparks like. On the floor. Well, that sounds like a severe training issue. <laughs> I, it, it, I know it sounds simple because it's something that's a simple concept but it's hard to do but it really is just gripping the gun properly and pulling the trigger straight back the only way you're going to get better at it is doing it so until you're comfortable shooting good enough uh, weekend only you just you've got to train it uh, for me personally, on my grip on like weekend and strong hand, uh, kind of one of my cues or something I'm, I'm conscious of is how my pinky's reacting. So I want to make sure it's like squeezed into the gun, like mm -hmm. tightly on the, on the bottom of the frame. Uh, but otherwise it, it is pulling the trigger straight back. Um, I like to make sure my, you know, hand is, is tucked into my chest, uh, just cause you don't want that free weight just swinging there. And then, yeah. otherwise, uh, I try to keep the gun fairly vertical. Uh, when you start seeing it tilt a lot, it doesn't generally matter much up close, but it can it can certainly cause you to push shots in funny places on farther targets. Right. But just train it. That's all you can do. Uh, you know, dry fire is a great place to work on that. Yeah, so I like to recommend doing the drills like uh, trigger control and speed and whatnot, uh, doing them single-handed, strong hand, weak hand, and doing variations of that. So when I do trigger drills, I like to do, like I'll do some starting with my finger off the trigger, timer goes off, mash it. And I'll do that a few times. And then like the next phase is I'll do, I'll keep the, the trigger pinned, right? And then when the timer goes off, I let off and pull. And so I'm trying to keep the side stable throughout that whole motion. Just get a bit more. It gets more difficult. Um, and then as far as a grip cue, uh, I kind of go with like the squeezing uh, or or milking motion, whatever you want to call it, where you're kind of driving the web of your hand. You're, you're pulling the the front strap into your the lower part of your hand and you're driving your web up into the beaver tail. Um, that's kind of my grip cue. It's like a, a squeeze. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And something that's important to consider too on weekend shooting specifically is you obviously have to transition that gun to your weekend. So I don't, there's probably a, a perfect right way to do it, but I think there's a few different ways to do it. You've got to pick a way that lets you get a good, consistent grip on the gun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, personally, like me, if it's a a draw out of the holster to weekend, like I'm basically not going to wrap my thumb around it. I'm going to keep it onto the right side of the frame, and then I'm going to watch the gun and, and bury it into my palm, like in front of my chest, not super low or anything, just like where I can see it. Yeah, I've heard other people say that, that they don't uh, wrap their thumb around on the draw. It's going to be going straight to their weekend. Uh, I, I have practiced 
that. I don't think I actually do that in, uh, in matches. Yeah, well, a lot of times if you're doing like a reload your weekend, obviously you're not going to be able to do that. But, I mean, functionally it stays the same, though. I'm watching the gun into my palm. It's, I mean, your, your vision leads everything in shooting. Yeah. Yeah, I really think like doing trigger control drills is one of the best ways to improve mm -hmm. your single-handed shooting. To do them, do trigger control drills single-handed. Alrighty. I think Jeremy's going to be joining us. He might. I mean, I see guest, but he hasn't popped in yet. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh, there God. he is. Oh, and he's wearing his expensive-ass hat, too. Wearing that new bussin' hat, right? Look at the bussin' hat. Not ex it's not expensive. <laughs> Ship. <laughs> no, the hat's pretty reasonable. It's just the shipping that's expensive. Yeah. 28 bucks is pretty reasonable for a hat, I think. Uh... But yeah, like I don't like shipping is like flat rate shipping, like a medium flat rate box through UP, USPS is 16 bucks and anything like FedEx or anything like that is 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah. So, I can't tell you how many times like somebody's complained about our FedEx, like what we charge to FedEx guns at CZ. It's yeah. like, do you realize that like we're not even covering our cost to ship that to you? Like the the oh, flat yeah. price is cheaper than what it costs us to ship that. By the time, by the time we buy the packing material and like pay someone to put that in the box and send it to you, like we lost money on the shipping. Oh yeah, yeah. I've lost money on every gun I've ever shipped for my entire career. Because uh, you can't charge you yeah. can't charge the real rates when we throw fit. Well, I mean, like, I charge basically what it costs, what my FedEx cost is, but that doesn't include the time spent packing the gun up. Like, I got to drive it to a FedEx location because um, the driver, like, I'm not giving it to a local driver because they're, the FedEx local drivers are terrible. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, you got, I mean, it's just a, that's a half a day to ship a gun. And I don't, I don't get anything out of that. It's already cost. It already costs a couple hundred bucks to ship one. Yeah, you're putting like a ton of insurance about on insuring it. a gun. Yeah, and then it's got to go overnight. Um, so hey, yeah, um, it's it expensive. Speaking of shipping, Shooters Connection is doing next day shipping, and there um, lots of reasonable items there, priced nice and well, unlike Jeremy's hats. And uh, oh, maybe. Maybe we should just send the hats to Shooters Connection and have people buy it <laughs> through them, and then say that you know, is a, they can buy other. That would be cheaper. That would be cheaper if you just sent the whole case to them. Maybe, yeah. Maybe on the next one, I'll talk to Shooters Connection if if they'll let me ship it directly to them, and then right. people could could buy it through them or or have it at least shipped. Right. Because they probably buy other stuff. From yeah, them. see if they just want to be our fulfillment center. Yeah, that seems. <laughs> why, why wouldn't they want to do that? <laughs> anyway, 
thank you, Shooters Connection, for sponsoring today's episode. We much appreciate it. Yes. Everybody go support Shooters Connection. Let them know who sent you. So, Jeremy, we knocked out a... It's a link in the description. We knocked out a few podcast questions. We wanted to save the CO Nationals talk for you to get back with us. All so right. we are ready to dive in a little bit to uh, CO Nats. I mean, what what is the spiciest what is the spiciest take from CO Nats? Is it Max Michelle? Well, I, is it I was a little shocked to see Nils winning. I was a little shocked to see they ran out of food again at awards. <laughs> is it running out of food? Yes, that could be fairly spicy. But they didn't they have uh, like an, a big like banquet deal this time at a separate location. It, I think it was at a different location, but I still think they ran out of food. But it was like big, um, and everybody I, could sit down. Yeah, yeah, I I think that is true. Uh, apparently, the members meeting was they. They technically had one, but it didn't sound like a whole lot of questions were answered. Uh, I think that I think the most common response during that meeting that I heard of was, "We're not going to talk about that." Yeah, really. Yeah, and they didn't live. They didn't live stream it. Unfortunately, I would have liked to have been able to set in on it. They didn't live stream it. That's pretty hard to set up, you know, like. Figuring all all out, that's pretty tough. Yeah, uh, like you know, like a Facebook Live or something is. It's, that's a lot. That's a or, lot. Or guys. recording it and posting it later on. Yeah, I, mean, I understand that's, that stuff can be challenging. Yes, I mean, that is. Uh, you know, that a is big organization like USPSA having somebody to do things like that would be unreasonable. I mean. You know, little old CZ, we only have a handful of people in our marketing department, and they all know how to use a camera and a cell phone. Well, you know, that's why I don't even know. I don't know what that is. I, I mean, I do think that, uh, like, the USPSA used somebody besides Jake to run their social media during, the, during okay. CL Nationals, and there was a surprisingly good uptick in the – quality of videos yeah, they put I heard out. I heard really good things on that. I don't know for sure who was running it, but I heard nothing but good things on I heard it was Josh Freilich. Yeah. Well props to him because I heard nothing but good feedback on that and like what was getting posted and stuff. I was actually surprised yeah. when I when I came across the stuff that was on social media, I was like, this isn't normal. This is this right? seems different. Somebody actually put real effort into it. It's interesting. Um but it's it's also good that we have somebody that makes a six figure salary to do that, and then we hire somebody different besides that person to do the social media for one of our large big premier events. Um, so that's cool. Uh, so I want to know what you guys think about uh, all the Chrono and uh, Mister. Well, luckily he was third place this year. Uh, Mr. Max Michel. Oh, tell me more. Uh, yeah, I have not followed anything. Like, this is the first time I'm looking at the oh, scores. Oh, so G- Jeff is clueless. Uh, so Max did not make power factor. He was 124.5 oh, yeah. after seven rounds shot. Oh, yeah. 
he only weighed the the first bullet, and he was seven rounds shot. And he wasn't shooting match um, ammo. Yeah, he was. From what I heard, he was shooting certified well, match ammo. He was shooting six hours certified match ammo. Um, What's the problem? And and so then he got he got passed through the chrono, even though he was sub minor. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is uh, Strader was also shooting. SIG certified match mm-hmm. ammo and his rounds were going like 50 foot a second faster than Max's <laughs> were. Uh, so, I mean, like, like uh, if we want to play the, if we want to play the conspiracy theorist, oh, yeah, we do. Uh, that, we do. that uh, Max is having a special load made for him using the same outward components as everybody else, but it's slower. And so, yeah. But he knows that he can get away with it, um, you know. There's, there's, there's that theory that's getting thrown around. I, I, I mean, I, that wouldn't surprise me uh, if there's something like that. The, the thing is, like, Max is Mister Sig, mm-hmm. and this was six hours <clears throat> match, and he is shooting the Max edition of the 320 shooting Sig ammo, and. There is no way that Max does not know that his ammo is right at 125 power factor. Like, there's no way that he was surprised at the results of this. And so, like, that's a pretty bad look when, like, the certified match ammo through through the same company's signature competition gun does not make power factor. Uh, like, if you're Max, like... You have to be like at least 130, 132, like where there's no chance that you're going sub minor. Like, like to me, like it's one thing if you're shooting match ammo and you're shooting a Glock or like it's SIG match ammo and you're shooting a Glock or a Canic and it's, and it's that barrel slow, slower than the SIG barrels. That's, that's kind of my I'm, take on I'm it. I'm not going to put too much weight on it because. I mean, a 50 feet per second variance between potentially a different lot of ammo and uh, two different guns isn't that crazy. Uh, so I certainly wouldn't, won't personally blame Max on that one. Uh, I do think with the certified match ammo program, though, like USPSA needs some standard that they're going to hold those manufacturers to if they're going to continue allowing that. Um if they start getting a lot of guns, if they start getting a lot of ammo through Chrono that's not making power factor, then I think that those loads maybe should be removed from the match program. Um, it's I get it. It's it's quite possible that this specific load and this specific gun is you know 164 instead of the 168 that it's loaded to. But I do think uh, USPSA needs some way to hold the manufacturers accountable for that to make sure they're staying up with it and making sure the ammo is making power factor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept um, to even have match ammo like that. Um, I would be curious because I, I haven't combed through the results. I don't even know. I don't know if how, if there would be an easy way to do it uh, like to see, who all shot certified match ammo and how many of them did not make power factor. Like were there say 50 people shot match ammo? I have no idea. I'm just guessing the number. Say 50 people shot it. Was max the only one 
that didn't make power factor or was he one of 20 that didn't make it you know i don't i don't know that I'd, i would love to see those numbers yeah um, or what the the but, spread was of his chrono like was, uh they were they were like no they were pretty consistent like maybe 10 foot a second okay. uh they were they were all how very do you, consistent how do you know that it's all because uh, practice score shows your velocities for each shot. Oh. Yeah, let's go, go down the old chrono results. <laughs> a lot Jesus. of people shot over 140 power. There was a guy that shot 151. Yeah. <laughs> like 47 or 46 people shot over 140 power pack. Like, damn. We don't, they're not sissies, you know? Like, yeah. Guess not. And yeah. Maybe we need, we need carry optics major. JJ's pretty consistent. Yeah. He always shoots like 135 to 140. Oh, the other spicy thing that came out from CO Nationals is it was leaked by a board member at the board members meeting that they are in talks with gun manufacturers about creating a new division that gun uh, that certain gun manufacturers would like to see. Oh, yeah. So that did get that did get it, apparently it got leaked, and then I what I heard is that somebody else then said, "Hey, we don't need to talk about that." <laughs> so they were right. they are on form for their ability to control what comes out of their mouths. You know, it doesn't on get that, any better. It doesn't get any better than this. On that front, I, no. I really don't think the manufacturers should be driving the divisions. Yeah, who does, Jeremy? No. I mean, Jared, whatever your name is. What? Man, it's been a long time since we've even talked to each other. Jeff can't even get our names right. <laughs> I said, who does, Jared? <laughs> I mean, I just... Uh, I worry that that is going to create another division, which I don't think is beneficial to the sport in general. Yeah, like, what is the pot? I don't, I don't even. I mean, we don't even need to go in these weeds on on this because, but like, I, I don't even know what the positive of adding a new division to this sport is. Uh, like, I am a. I'm a, I love single stack. Like I'm a dyed in the wool sing like I love shooting that. But at the same time, like I'm almost to the point it's like, okay, let's let's consolidate some of these divisions. Cause the national schedule next year, I, I know it's in October. I don't know all the rest of the of them, but I know that in October we have revolver, single stack, production, limited ten, and limited all in one big match. When? Get that. Next year? Someone's getting that soft L10 yes. win. In October? It is in October, yes. Um, and it's just like, really? Like, I don't well, know. Like, Apparently, it's also in a range in, in Ohio, which half the berms are not actual berms. They're concrete so, walls. Cool. Uh, yes, I've been to that range because they hold SCTP there and SASP. So I've been there yeah. for work. Um, and that was my first thought, but I've talked to some local guys in that area that I know, and they said new berms are going up, and there's plenty of space to build them there. So, 
I, I'm, that's I'm going to say positive and, and think that that's been sorted out and discussed and that they know that it's going to be good to go. I'll tell you, y'all, what's going to happen. Jared here is going to stay positive until we stop recording. And, and then he's not. He's yeah. Not that's, that's probably true. Uh, that's also, probably true. We, can't, we can't consolidate divisions because if we do that, we'll have too good of an excuse to add divisions. Well, yeah, it's true. The, the big problem I see with that potential change, though, is, is that whether it's its own division or gets rolled into something else, is that you start talking 2011s anywhere in, in a minor power factor gun, it's going to decimate open and limited. Like, it's going to hurt those divisions badly in participation. Like, two of our oldest, or our two oldest, and like, what I would say is our, our kind of more premier divisions are going to certainly be hurting if that happens. I'm telling you, like, it doesn't matter. I mean, unless the division is extremely stupid, it's going to hurt the other divisions because there's mm-hmm. not that many people in this sport. Any division added pulls people from existing divisions that, as it is, like, aren't that stacked except for CO, which if they left things alone would probably fade out and people might go back to their divisions. But I would suspect that before that happens, we'll add another division. Yeah. The, the, the seeming concept that if we add more divisions, we're going to get more shooters is a complete fallacy. All it does is move people around. You're going to get more dead divisions. Uh, That's what you're going to get. And, and then it, and it, and it also like it cost the org more because they have to have more nationals, yeah. right? Like we now have a we had this year we had a standalone nationals for CO. Um, well, the other side of it is if you, if you roll single action stuff only into CO, then you're going to essentially make a massive change in what is currently the most popular division. Like the guys that shoot that division and really care about it probably aren't going to be overly happy. Well, here's where here's where I'm going to stop agreeing with Jared at this point. And like, I don't think you can add SA guns to single action guns are already in the division. We've been over this before, so we don't necessarily have to argue this. But like, adding single action, I would. I mean. Jared, would you not rather see single action guns allowed in CO versus adding a limited optics minor division? Well, yeah, I would say it's like you got to pick. You got to pick one of the two. That's where we're at. What you want shot in, please? Um, Well, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. You're not you're not wrong on that. And as someone that doesn't particularly care about shooting CO at the moment, like it doesn't natively impact me as a competitor or possibly impact me as a competitor. I just don't see it. The history of when they start messing with the most popular divisions has never turned out good. I mean, five years ago, production was the most popular division. Now look at it. Yeah. Hey. All right. We've, and we've, well, we've talked about all that yeah. before. About uh, nationals. Jeez. Yeah. Nationals. Uh, so, 
Jeff, apparently you're the RIA of shipping hats, by the way. Um, uh, so Nationals, uh, Max had a lead going after, after the first day, and JJ was very close to him. Nils was back, if I, if I remember. I'm going just off memory here. I didn't write it down. Nils was like 10 points back, I think. And then John Vlager was up there really close. Uh, Mason was a little bit behind uh, Nils at that point. Um, and then Nils had a good day, too. JJ had a terrible day, too. Uh, and Max kind of had a couple fumbles. And I think Nils, going into day three, I think Nils had a either a 10 or a 20-point lead, I think, going in. I think he had a 20-point lead going into day three. Nils shot a pretty solid – well, he shot solid the whole match, but day two was really solid for him. Um, and and day two for – like, JJ, like I said, was terrible. Uh, and he was pretty far down. And then Nils came in and just – I mean, like you see, like you saw, like I don't if you guys like the stages they shot. Like Nils won the first stage of the day, and then he was like ninety five percent, ninety five percent, ninety three percent. I mean, all like right there, and he had like a thirty point lead going into the last stage, I think. And you know, he did a he did the perfect thing. He shot like eighty five percent of the match winner. He just he went in there and and was able to to coast, shoot at a comfortable, safe pace, and and he won. Uh, and JJ, like, if you guys look at uh, the mid scores, like stage seven through twelve of JJ scores, yeah. like he's like almost winning every stage. Like he just crushed day three uh, to finish second place, and then Max Max finished in third. Yeah, uh, so ten through like sixteen, JJ's like first, second, or third on every stage. Well, day three would have been seven through twelve. So, right. Uh, you know, looking over the results, uh, some stuff that I think is most interesting is one: in the last three years, this is the first year that somebody that's not really super known or not on the super squad didn't end up second. So you had a couple yeah. of guys that were clearly good shooters, but weren't like they weren't super known and expected to be that high. Finished second the previous two years. Uh, this year, you had kind of more of the usual suspects. I would say Nils, I did not really expect him to win based on the results that I'd seen. Really figured it was going to probably be more of a battle between Max and JJ. Uh, but also, if you look over the results, before you get below 85%, you're at 49th place, and they're still at 85-plus percent. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, crazy. I mean, it's a deep yeah, field up top. Nuts. I mean, top 16 was still in the 90s. Yeah. Hey. That's pretty nuts. Jay had a solid finish. Seventh. Jay Bill shot really yeah. well. Oh. Um, there's also there's also another guy that I don't I don't know this guy at all. Um, is it Brandon Miriam? Uh, Brand, or Brandon. Uh, I shot with him at Brandon yeah, I shot with him at CO Nationals last year. I don't remember what place he got. I think he was top 10 last year, if not top 10, top 12. Uh, so he shot very well. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he was top 10. Uh, he's a pretty good shooter. I think he's from like Mississippi, maybe somewhere down there. Yeah, he's he crushed it. And I, I saw I saw a couple results. I had not seen his name before. 
Um, just I hadn't run across it, and so, but I I saw like a couple matches before this. I kind of saw his name kind of up, and I was like, I wonder how good this guy is. And he he definitely uh, backed it up. Uh, Brandon Jones, who is like the Make Ready King, like he he might be worse than Max Michelle <laughs> on Make Readies. <laughs> I shot a nationals with him in Florida. I whatever the last one in Florida was. And oh my gosh, like it was the worst thing in the world. Wow. Uh, he's normally an open shooter. He's un, he's unclassified in, in carry optics, but he was fifth. But, I mean, he shot a, shot a really good. He's match. a super squad open shooter. Yeah. Yeah. He was that year that I shot with him. I think he ended up, he was driving me nuts. Like I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to like, yell at him like hurry up dude like uh but i think he was like 10th this was probably two or three years ago um and i i think he's been on the super squad since then so he's he's obviously quite good obviously like quite good um so yeah like the results were good uh mason had a i mean honestly like that was a pretty disappointing match for mason i think I bet he would probably be, at, you know, four and a half percent off of off of Nils, off of the winner. Um, I'm a little surprised to see Mason down there. I would have kind of expected him a little higher percentage. Um, they can't all be in the top, Jason. Eh, and, no, and you know, I, who who knows? I don't I don't know if he had a bad stage. I haven't really looked. And, at well, and I think it's important to point out that while he's probably a little farther back than you would typically expect, I mean, I think Nils. Shot exceptionally well for himself, too. Because he hasn't really... Like, the CO matches he's been shooting, he hasn't really been, like, dominating when there's, like, Max Michelle-level guys there. And, and I... Yeah, While I he mean, only won... Area 3 is... Area 3 was a bit of an outlier for Nils. Uh, Nils... Like, if you go and look at the scores from Area 3... Uh, He's before the the second day. If you look at his scores from the second day, I know that he drank a lot more water the evening before, and he slept a lot more the evening <laughs> before. If I can if I can phrase it that way, uh, and his uh, the the results in the stages definitely uh, reflected a slightly different uh, evening uh, the night before. So I mean, like Max did beat him at Area Three, but. Uh, there was a little bit. There was a little more to that other than just uh, just shooting that factored into that a little bit. Um, I was just going to point out that while it might only be a thirty-three point swing with that level and depth of field, that's a pretty strong win in that division. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, once Neil's got the lead at day two, I mean, he didn't give it up. Um, so that's that's his 16th USPSA national title. Won a lot of divisions too, uh, production, CO, yeah. limited, and single stack. As yeah. a traditionally like very uh, dominant iron sight shooter, I think that also makes CO a little more impressive. Oh, for sure. I mean, for sure, he is much more comfortable with iron sights than with a dot. Uh, I would I would guess even still to today he would probably tell you I'm more comfortable with iron sights than a dot. Uh, but he's still beating the best guys in the world with a dot. I think he said that in a, minus, in a interview that was on social media. I think he even said that. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I mean, Nils is, you know, I had to, I had to bump Nils down. It will, we can talk about my power rankings uh, at some point. I had to bump Nils down because, because of his, you know, he lost a couple of matches coming into this, and so I, I had to, had no choice but to bump Nils down. Um, where did I put him at? I gotta find it. Oh, we had five people in open. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I had bumped Nils down to third in my power rankings. Um, that will change after this match. That's he's probably back to first. Oh yeah, he's he will be comfortably back in first. Obviously, Jacob Hetherington was second, and I had Christian Seiler at first. Um, Jacob, I mean, Jacob didn't shoot this match. He did lose to Sal in production the match before this, uh, but Jacob had been the hottest guy in the sport. Uh, and then Christian, um, Christian didn't shoot this match, which I was surprised. He had put time in on CO earlier this year, and yeah. I thought he was going to uh, shoot it. He actually responded on our uh, on our Instagram um, saying that. Uh, he has the world shoot coming up um, that he was, and he wanted to just train just open. So for the world shoot until so he was skipping CO nationals for that. Um, I, I, I get that. Uh, like that, like I, like world shoots a big thing. Um, okay. It's like two months away. Yeah. Cause the world shoots not till like Thanksgiving. Um, he, he's He's so, also a very serious contender to win world shoot this year. Oh, I mean, we don't know who's shooting open. I don't. Well, we don't know what Grafell is <laughs> shooting yet, as far as I know. Um, I assume Jorge is shooting it, the previous world mm-hmm. shoot open winner. Um, I don't know what is if JJ. Is, I assume JJ is probably shooting open at that. I don't know what team he's on. Well, are the the teams aren't hardly like there's not even a classic team going. Um, I know that. I don't know how many teams are being fielded for it. There's not that like there's a lot of people not going to that match, and so like winning the world shoot this year um, is not gonna like. There should probably be an asterisk on it because uh, there's a yeah there's a there's a lot of people not gonna be there. Um, which is too bad, but it is what it is. Um, when you choose Thailand and then you have a worldwide pandemic, people aren't going to want to go to that. Um, Um, I think we should go ahead and give a shout out to the ladies national champion. Was was that Justine? Justine Williams followed by Morgan. I think it's Lionheart. Yeah. Sink. Morgan Rose three gun is I think her like social media. And then Ashley Rourke. Lionheart, Lionheart. And then Ashley Rourke and Jalise Williams and Rachel Harper coming in fifth place to round out the top five. So ladies national champion. Justine Williams, congrats. Do you like to shout out? And that was a tight race. Uh top three were all pretty tight in that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think correctly. it was only like three yeah. or four percent between like the top four. Yeah. yeah, 
Uh, Morgan was the winner last year. She's she's younger than Justine, I think. Um, and she's obviously really, really good. And Ashley, this was a, I think this was a pretty good bounce back match for Ashley because I think last year Ashley was not close uh, to Morgan. If I, and that's that could be I could be misremembering, but I, I don't think she was super close. And so I think this was a a decent match for Ashley, um, even though she wants and expects to win, but she was much much closer. So I think that's yeah, good. It's a fairly competitive uh, group of ladies there. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Jack Brown won A class, yeah. and Scott Brown won yeah, junior. Scotty got another junior title. Nice. We we the there's a problem with Scott though is that like I don't think he's had equipment that's run at a single match this year like a hundred percent. Uh, like that boy needs to figure out how to make guns work. Well, I, uh, I, I will say, I know for sure that he was using a borrowed Shadow 2. It was, Because yes. uh, I linked him up with it and loaned him, like, a holster and everything. So, uh, I think he, he told me, I think he had a firing pin return spring break in the gun. Uh, which can make him do kind of some funny things. And it can happen sometimes with lighter springs. If it wasn't my personal gun, if I'd have known... That it had that that uh, light of a firing pin return spring in it. I had to put a new one in it before I gave it to him. You couldn't give him one of your personal, like your. I, I don't have. I don't have an shadow two. What happened to all your CO guns? Uh, I had two slides, and I used them for the match, and then turned it back into work. Oh, lame. I know. So yeah, we need to get we need Scott to get equipment that works. Uh, the kid is really fast and really talented, Holy uh, shit. and and he has uh, shot himself in the foot uh, a lot by having equipment that doesn't work this year, and that's got to be frustrating for him uh, yeah. when you 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 can't express your skills because your equipment's not well, working. If, if he decides uh, to stay with the shadow, I'll help him make sure his stuff stays working. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, Jeremy, you missed where we ran through each division and talked about the best guns, like low tier, middle tier, and high tier for for each division. That was a question, and uh, Jared Jared made that list, so it was pretty great. I'm I'm sure <laughs> I will have to go yeah, back I'm, and listen. I basically to that said and, buy a CZ. No, I think I, I think every division he he started with a CZ. When he started naming guns, like the first one was always a CC. Hey, it's w- on form. <laughs> what I know, uh, man. I, I mean, I do. I do have a like financial interest in CZ. It is where I work. I I think the Canic has been like it was what second at limited nationals. It won production, and now it has won CO. Uh, yeah. And that limited, it was second shooting minor. Like, the Canic is kind of like, we just need to get a comp on there and let him shoot some nine majors through it and, I, like, see if he can win I open, did, right? I did list it as a viable option. I basically broke them down by, like, price points yeah. in the division. I was like, all right, in this price point, these are the viable options. In this price it point, was, there's these. Yeah, it was in the low tier, you know. 
Of course. Uh, budget, budget guns. Yes, it was by price point. They're they're very value priced guns. They seem to be a great gun for the money, but they're still if it's a six hundred dollar gun, it doesn't magically cost the same as a twelve hundred dollar gun. But it might be better than a twelve hundred dollar gun. Could be gun. for some people. They seem like a great gun. They have a very but nice trigger. Is price always reflective of like quality of grade? No, not necessarily. Always. Always? Always? Well, yeah. Price and value can be two very buy, different things. If you buy a car, if you buy a car, you just go buy the most, you just go in and say, what's the most expensive one? Right. I want to spend and you buy the that most one. money. Yes. Exactly. That is the best way um, to do it. You're looking for a yeah. house, just look, pick your neighborhood and pick the most expensive one mm-hmm. they got. That's really good to hear. Jeff, have you talked about what you've been doing the last week? No. Like, well, like last no. your like meth house that you've been rebuilding? No, I haven't talked about anything. We literally <laughs> just like jumped on here and Jared started answering questions. Yeah, we're killing some time until you joined us because it's, <laughs> it's not the same podcast with only two people. It's probably, well, it probably didn't improve when I jumped on. So Jeff, Jeff sent me pictures. That, like Jeff has told me like, yeah, we bought like this little lake house uh, for be like a va- a vacation place like like for our kids yeah. and like I think he told me how much he's I think he told me like how much it costs. It's like okay, like like you got to like I've I've been in Oklahoma enough and understand like like when somebody in Oklahoma tells you they got a lake house like it might be different than like other places. Like it's, it's, when it's, they have yeah, a lake house. It would be fair to assume that I was talking about a single wide that would be pretty fair. Yeah. And then and then Jeff sent me pictures and I'm like, "Oh, please, dear, dude, I hope he did not bring his 3-year-old into that house." <laughs> is she 4 yet? Is she 4 yeah. now? She's yeah, 4 now, okay. right? Yeah, she's 4. Uh yeah. and and sure enough, he then sent me another picture and yeah, she's in it with one of his I don't know if it was his shirt on that she no, was her painting shirt that, and she's like painting no, the no. walls. That was actually this house. We were painting a closet here. That wasn't. Oh, you did not specify that. I thought you had her in that, like helping with her. And like these pictures of this house that Jeff, like you do not want to walk barefoot in there because there's probably needles stuck in the floor and like you don't know what you're going to find. I don't know if he's torn the floor out to see what's hidden under there. Like, like there could be wads of cash or there could be guns that have killed people. Like there could be, who knows what could be there. This one time. Jeremy's not really exaggerating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty bad. But no, my family has not been to the place. I'm the only one that's been there. Oh, okay. That makes me feel better. I was I was a little bit worried about Jeff's decision making as a father. Uh if he was if he was having Thea um clean up that house. But it'll be a fun project, I'm sure. Yeah. Um Yeah, so so everybody knows I bought a investment property that's what it is i'm gonna remodel it or have it remodeled i'm gonna do part of the work have part of the work done and then uh we'll either do like short-term rental airbnb type stuff or we'll flip it if, if that doesn't turn out to work very well so it's a project it's what I'm... oh so you don't you don't you're not planning on keeping it as like a lake house for you guys i mean we will for a little bit and uh if it if it turns out that we can airbnb it and and use it and not really costing me anything and i'm just building equity for free then 
probably keep it for a while. But okay. uh, if it's too much of a burden and it's just draining my, you know, my income, then we'll just flip it and take the money and roll into something else. Nice. Cool. What's the square footage on it? It's it's just over six hundred square feet. So it's pretty small. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. like a it's like the living room kitchen is one big room and then it has two separate bedrooms and a bathroom. I mean it, it like if you if you can fix it up, yeah. like it'd be the perfect little vacation. Yeah, and it's like house. It's thing. like a short little walk down to a sandy beach on the lake, so it's nice. That you follow, like you follow. Nice. How far is it from home? It's like just under two hours from here. It's not terrible. Yeah, it's not bad. Especially like once I get the first part of it done and I don't have to be driving up there all the time, I can start contracting some stuff out. That'll be better. But that's where we at. That's what I've been doing. Other than that, uh, just work and yeah, really been struggling to to think about shooting or any of this at all. And I think it's it's not necessarily that like I don't want to shoot anymore or think about it. It's just like when there's so many different things in my head, like something gets pushed out whether I want it to or not. If I if I try to hold on to all these different things and think about them, like one of them just doesn't get thought about. And uh, the two other things I'm deeply invested in, literally lots of money invested in them being my day job and this property. So those are taking a bit of a priority for me since, you know, the, the Discord money doesn't, it doesn't pay all my bills. Just a couple of them. So. Oh. It bought the lake house yeah. for him. It, it but was it, the down it payment on the lake house. Pay. But, yeah. But I need the. But the jet yeah. skis, he's going to have to pay for them. Yeah, I need to add revenue to remodel it. So. But. Yeah. That's where we're at. Um, I have a lot of internal um, arguments with myself, discussion on how to do this, how to stay involved in this. Oh man, it's a, it's a struggle right now. So like I've kind of had, I think I've kind of had a finally like come to a conclusion myself on that, that kind of same issue, like in what, where I'm at going forward in that. Yeah. Hold on. Let me okay. ask you a question first. Let me ask you a question. Man, okay. Is this something okay. that you like, you were struggling with so you sat down or like you dedicated time to like think about it or is this something that just like one day like it just kind of came to you like your epiphany uh i think it's it's been an internal battle like it hasn't been like i've like sat down i mean it's something i've been thinking about for like the last couple years and it's kind of been like this internal battle like do i want to accept this or not uh, and I'm finally just like, you know what, like I, now that like I've kind of, now that I've kind of seen it in this light, then like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine accepting that now. Uh, like, and there's this thing that I want to be able to teach my kids that like, if you really want to do something well, like if you can have like a singular focus on that thing. Like that is very powerful. Like you can, like you can succeed a lot in that. 
but that will require you sacrificing and missing out on a lot of other things. Mm. Um, and I have, I mean, I've done a lot of that in my life. Like when I was a trumpet player, like, like I was dedicated to that. And I, there was lots of stuff that I skipped out on and didn't do because, uh, it would have been harmful to that career at that time. Uh, and shooting has been the same way. I've been fairly singularly focused on shooting, uh, as far as extracurricular outside of, outside of work, outside of family and church and stuff like, like that, like that has been like the one thing, like I, I really haven't done much hunting in recent, like in the past several, several, many years, uh, fishing, like I, I would do a little bit of fishing, but still that was only basically like as that was only as long as it didn't interfere at all with shooting anything like that. And I'm at a point in life where like, I don't, I don't want to skip out on those other things. Uh, like this, like, I mean, I've talked about a lot, like the mule deer hunt that I have coming up, um, and other trips, other stuff like that, that I, I don't necessarily want, I'm not willing to sacrifice to be singularly focused on shooting, uh, anymore. Mm, uh, yeah. which I mean that, that a little bit of that means accepting that I won't be able to perform at a level that I want to, like, I won't be as competitive as I want to be. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to admit that. I don't want to like accept that necessarily, but that's, that is just, that's where I am. Uh, that's just the truth of it. And and as my kids get older, they're going to be involved in more and more things. And so like, that's going to just kind of, that's just kind of where it is. And so that's kind of, that's kind of, I don't know if it's an epiphany or not, but that's kind of where I've been like the last couple of weeks. It's like, you know what? Like I, I can enjoy shooting for shooting. Uh, I can still enjoy the training part of it. Um, and maybe not sacrifice as much on some of these other other things like hunting, uh, mm-hmm. golf. Maybe I want to. Maybe I do want to shoot and dabble in some NRL twenty two or PRS or something like that. Uh, you know, some of that other stuff that in the past, like, well, if you're, I could spend time on the range doing that, or I could spend time on the range shooting action <clears throat> pistol stuff. Uh, you know, always would have chosen action pistol stuff in the past. Right. Yeah. Um, so going forward. Like, do you plan on still participating in action pistol stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, like, it's just going to be, like, like, we're, I'm signed up for the Caribbean Open. Um, like, the wife wants to go. Uh, my buddy Bob and his wife are going to go. Jeff is signed up. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And if he can convince his wife to, to be able to, I don't know if it's convincing his wife or just her being able to get off from work. Uh, yeah. You know, if they can go like that would, you know, sure. like, so like to have that, like I want to go shoot Leif's match uh, in Kentucky. And then Bob and I will probably do like some distillery tours. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I think, I think area one might be in Montana next year. So I'm always de- like, there's so much outdoor stuff to do in Montana that I'm like very much, want to go shoot that um so like like the matches that i'm going to choose are going to be less focused on like before like i would choose the matches based on uh like 
world shoot prep, like qualifying for a world shoot team or nationals? And how do these, how do these prepare me for nationals? Yeah. Um, whereas in the going forward, like if I, if we are pessimistic and the range in Ohio is going to have like half of their berms or just concrete walls, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to Ohio for four days to shoot that, to shoot a match where you can only shoot one direction. Like, in like I think they only have like fourteen or fifteen bays right now, um, so like I don't I don't want to shoot that match if that's if that's what it's gonna look like I don't want to shoot it. Look, we yeah. can be positive at this point and and maybe hopefully it will be. I better. have faith. It'll be cooler than that. Uh, Jared has faith. He might be the only one. We just try to pick up some more international matches, man. Yeah, like I mean, like that I. Like I would love to go shoot uh, the Extreme Euro Open, uh, like that. That is a kind of a bucket list match for me to shoot. Um, like the the Pan Am is the Pan Am is in Florida here, like in like a week, yep, I think. On, which it's gotten zero publicity stateside. Yeah, I leave year. on Thursday for it. Um, okay, uh, like that's a match that I like. I may want to shoot in the future. Um, so it's just kind of like. I'm just going to try to pick matches like they'll be fewer. Like it'll probably be five matches a year type deal. Maybe six. If there's something kind of close, uh, maybe even four, maybe less than five. Um, you know, not a, not a ton of matches, but I pick, pick some matches every year that are in a cool location that I want to go to or just, or have buddies going to go shoot it. And it'll be fun traveling with them. Um, like that's going to be a little bit more of my motivation for yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I still think the sport should be geared towards being competitive. So even though right. like my comp- my competitiveness is less, like I still want the sport to be geared towards competition. But if you're not there making it competitive, yeah. Jeremy, who's going to do it? I mean, I'm gonna I'm not gonna try to be a slouch. Uh, I'm gonna have to try to figure out how how can I be as competitive as possible without. Right shooting 50,000 rounds See, a year. That's where I've been um, thinking about this. Like, how can I be like Phil Strader? How can I do that? Right. How can I like not give yeah. a crap, but show up and still kick some ass and have a good time? How can I do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I we think need that's to have a, him on here that's the way and, to do it. and tell us how to do that. <laughs> yeah, we should. That should be the interview is how do we shoot like you. Right. Uh, like, do I have but, to gain a bunch of weight? Is that part of the equation? It could be. You were kind of, you were kind of leaning towards that way at area three. I'm about the same. Yeah. I'm on the chunkier side of right now. Okay. You're I mean, you're, you know, you're part way there. Okay. Like just keep, just keep after it. I, I could do it. Yeah, I, I have I have faith that you stop could. exercising, eat more junk uh, food. Yeah, I actually just stop exercising and be, <laughs> that'd be that'd right. Be yeah, he doesn't need to change his diet no, too much. I wouldn't. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, the other cool thing from nationals is I'm pretty sure the side match, which was just a bill drill. Uh, I'm pretty sure it paid out more money to the winners of that in every class because it paid out for every class. Uh, and the winner of that 
got more money than the winner of the entire nationals. Yeah. I'm pretty. I'm pretty yeah, it sure. Looked like, uh, looked like Henning Group, uh, GX Products, and Stonebridge Gunworks did a nice job with that little side event. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So like. I feel like if we can figure out how to pay out, like I think the winner was like a thousand dollars or more for like for GM. No, I, I think, think you got like three. I think like you the, got like the, three thousand dollars for winning, be the fastest. Three thousand dollars. So Are you kidding me? if we can figure out how, like, like forget training anything other than right. build yeah. drills, right? Like if we're if that like why try to win the match? I just want to win the build drill side yeah. match. If I can get three thousand dollars for that, like. Do you have to even sign? Do you have to have a match fee? Do you have to pay a match fee to get into it, or if you just show up and you and uh, your match fee is like fifty entries in the uh, build drill contest? Exactly. Yeah, you could. Yeah, hundred percent. So if we can figure out how to pay somebody for shooting three thousand dollars to shoot, and the guy that won it shot like a one twenty eight or something, yeah. like it was a pretty uh, Isaac. It was Isaac a crazy Lockwood. and lucky build He's drill. Pretty good. Yeah, Isaac Lockwood. I saw that video. Uh, he did have yeah. one. One twenty three, I think. Is what yeah. Was. Yeah, with one in the head, it had to be all A's. Like the like, there was no hit factor scoring. It had to be all A's. Uh, he had, he did have one in the head, but even with that, it was still really it's impressive. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, dude, just getting them all off in one twenty three. Yeah. Yeah, at, I can't at, do that. One twenty yeah. something. If if I'm doing well i might have my fourth shot off but more than likely i'm only on three. Oh, if i have my second shot off by 120 i'm feeling pretty salty same yeah that's two shots for me two so yeah i i think that's uh i think that's kind of a bad look that the side match pays out that much and the winner probably got a cert for a glot oh probably it's a sig so it probably got a cert for a sig is my guess what neil's pulled I haven't talked to him, but well, that'd be my guess. It does, you don't matter because you're uh, a no-name nobody now. That's true. That is true. I very much am that. Um, but even even like the – like because uh, I think Jack won A-class. I think he won the side match for A-class, and he got 500 bucks. Hell yeah. So, Jump like, back. I mean, it's not like – it's not. this wasn't just a – GM elitist GM thing like all the classes got paid out based on their participation in this like that class's participation in the side match and he won a class I don't know what he I don't know what he ran it in but he I mean he got 500 bucks so he got 500 Uh, bucks and won a class overall yes had a good year it was was really good for him Jack has shot really well the this like the second half of the year um, I haven't, I didn't pay that much attention to his first half. I didn't see what he was doing, but the second half, he looks like he's had a really good. He's been, he's, good he's been shooting half. well. Him and his brother have uh, both continued getting better each year. Yeah, we're gonna need them to stop getting better. Is the thing that needs to happen. Uh, don't worry, as as we get uh, older, there's always someone younger and faster coming behind us. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the other interesting thing is. Uh, Pat Brown, who is one of the currently suspended members, got a USPSA's social media took a picture of him and posted it on their social media for the match. Oh uh, yeah! So that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Um, right, because they didn't like whoever was handling social media. They weren't like, oh, by the way, don't 
post anything with these people. Yeah. Yeah. These are the uh, the no fly yeah. list. Yeah, I love it. It's it's just so entertaining. It really is. At this point, it is. It's it's just laughable. Like that's all it is. It's just it's just laughable entertainment. Um, so what else from nationals? Like, I didn't hear anything about like I have not heard anything about how the stages were or anything like that. I do know that there were lots of doubled up bays. Um, which they would have to because I think they had 18 stages utilizing 13 or 14 bays. Yeah. This was Talladega, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in Talladega again. Talladega. But I haven't heard anything else about the match, if the if the stages were good or not. I, I just haven't heard. Well, I don't, I don't see uh, old Jason Bradley in there. I guess he didn't come back. He did not. He did not go shoot it. Um, John Vliger was, he was actually in like, I think third place or maybe even second after day two. And he finished like 10th, I think. And it looked like he had a really, uh, looked like he had a really bad stage, threw him down a long ways. He, uh, yeah, apparently he left two steel standing on that stage. Um, and I don't know exactly the, uh. Like all the situation, I kind of I think I heard in the Discord. I think somebody said in the Discord maybe he had a a gun problem on one of them, and then another one was left standing, and he just kind of just kind of said screw it and and just left them. And that uh, he finished at like forty percent on that stage, so yeah, that hurt him quite quite okay, a lot. Okay, what happened to Formsick? Why did he finish so low? I mean, like Formsick hasn't been like. That's thirty second. Thirty second. I mean, eighty seven percent. That's where he's been shooting lately. Like he, ha- I, I mean, I mean, he's put out. A, he puts out a little bit of content, but like he hasn't been shooting matches. I haven't seen him. What matches he shot this year? I haven't seen him at a match before this. No, I, haven't either. Uh, so having- I just, I just don't think I he has. I've been to like what two two or three matches this year so not a ton either uh but i don't like i just don't think he's been competing hard i don't know maybe he's doing more training uh, or the the training group stuff maybe he's he's busy enough with that he's messed around with some a bunch of rifle stuff uh from what i've seen so uh the guy that disappointed me was I had put Tom Castro at tenth in my pow- my most recent power rankings, uh, and he finished this match at thirtieth, uh, which is still eighty seven percent. Which is I mean, like, not a bad like it's not a bad percentage, but he had been he had been finishing within like twenty points of like Nils. I think he was twenty within twenty points of Max out of Max. Like he like he has been finishing very very high up. At a lot of matches recently, and so I bumped Bliger off of my top ten, and I put Castro in there, and uh, he didn't. Uh, he kind of let me down a little bit, so he probably won't make it in, into the top ten on the next yeah, get, next. I think a lot of that too, just how competitive that division is. Like, 
you know, you're if you're thirty or forty points off of where you should be, that might be four or five spots. Might be ten. I haven't really looked as you get farther down there, but yeah. I mean, uh, let's see. But see, this is like this is what every division needs to be like. It like this is like crazy good field of competition. Like every little mistake is is costing you positions, probably a couple of positions in in this field. And yeah. oh, and, for sure. And right now, like this is the only division where there's a field like this. I mean, well, I mean, being a standalone nationals is why it's like this. It's, yeah. it's not all why it's like this. I mean, even when other no, it's not all of it, you but... don't have a field. 80% stretching down to uh, 85 positions. Well, the last time that we, I mean, the one, the last time they had a standalone nationals was, if I remember right, was production and PASA, right? I don't, I don't remember a complete standalone since then. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, something to point out where we were talking about like, you know, how little difference, like some points you make in that basically 50 points was essentially the difference in fourth and twelfth place. Yeah. yeah, not that fifty isn't a lot of points, but that's like what three and a half points a stage for an eighteen stage match. It's not, it's not giving up very it's much. You make a, you make a, Mike no shoot mistake on a stage and you lost five spots. Yeah. Yeah, and and the other thing that I think is worth talking about is that nationals is a little bit a different beast than your like sectional matches and even even a lot of area matches uh because it because it's a longer game uh because of the stress level uh even that the top guys are in uh and and the the stages usually are a little tougher than you typically see it at sectional matches and stuff like that that's not that's not a like a set in stone that usually is um consistency is very much awarded more at these matches where a sectional match like you can kind of be a guy that kind of goes out and goes for it and like if you if you hook up for the majority of it like you can have some really good finishes because like a guy like jay beal right like if you look at jay beal's score um like he is just really really consistent across the board like nothing's lighting the world on fire for the most part um but he was, but he's just really solid, really consistent across the whole thing, and that got him, mm-hmm. you know, seventh place at nationals at ninety three percent. Yeah. And so, like that, like, like if you want to do well at nationals, like that's how you do it. Uh, and that, that may mean like that shooting like that, like at a sectional match, you might lose. Like there's there's somebody that might beat you at a, at a sectional. Uh, not always, but somebody might can can kind of. They can put 10 or 12 stages together, uh, whereas you get to 20 stages and maybe they can't. They don't always hold it together as well. Yeah, it looks like a solid match, man. Very solid. I think Jeff froze. Yeah, Jeff is frozen. All right, Sasquatch, well, you got production nationals coming yeah, up? Yeah, so remainder for this year, I have uh, Pan Americans, uh, and then Area 4, um, Fall Classic in Iowa, 
section matches and production nationals. That gum, you got as many matches left as Jeff and I shot the whole year. How many matches did you end up shooting this year, Jerry? I don't know. Well, you better tally it up because you said right, you wanted right, to look. shoot more than 12. All right, we got Caribbean Open, Ozark, Cornhusker, uh, Free State, uh, Area 3. I feel like I missed something. Yeah, you oh, Dragon's it. Cup. Uh, so he's less than twelve, though. I think I'm. I think I'm under twelve. Thank you, Mr. Well done. I I think he's probably missing a couple yeah. too. I don't know. I'll go. I'll go look here. All right. Well, uh, as he looks it up. Uh, it's good to uh, it's good to get back and bang out of the podcast again. Yeah, yeah, we've we've been uh, we've been a little behind on it lately. Yeah, Potato will finally have something to uh, listen to while he walks his dog. Yeah. You know what? Hopefully, I, we only recorded this one uh, for my friend Waylon so he could listen to it while he mows my shooting range. <laughs> there you go, perfect, and it's a long one. Yeah. All right, let's see. We got Caribbean. Ozark, Dragon's Cup, see that's three, Rocky Mountains four, Corner Street's five, Free State six, Area three is seven, I have five more, right? Hit, hit right 12. At, right at 12. <laughs> wow. Finally, I managed to cut a couple matches. Finally. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, go join the Discord. Jeff needs some money so he can renovate his lake house. Uh, go in there and buy some hats because I need some money to buy diapers. I don't know. Uh, I need to pay for. Hopefully, a mule. Deer. I'm hoping I can pay for a mule deer mount because I hope I'm gonna shoot a big one. Uh, also, on the hats, like the shipping is is makes them expensive. So if you know people like that are gonna sh- be at a match together or you live in the same area. Uh, we can ship multiples to one place and then you can kind of split the shipping up between multiple people and that can be a whole lot less. Uh, if not, like matches that we will, I'll be at in the future, I guess me because I have all the hats, matches that I'll be at in the future, like I'm happy to bring them to matches. Uh, but as I said earlier, I'm shooting a little bit fewer matches. So uh, that's there. But they are, I think the hats are kind of cool. They're gray. The Hit Factor logo is all black, and then the Hit Factor script is a yellow, bright yellow. I think they're cool. Somebody told me, what did they tell me? They said I was clearly an 80s yeah, style. I feel like yeah. this isn't really – I don't think this is an 80s style. I have a, I have a hat that it, if these sell out that's going to come up next uh, that is definitely going to be like an 80s style. It's right. going to be busted. So obviously this is a limited run. How many of these hats do we have? Uh, we have, I have 18 available 18 because available. I have mine and, and my wife wanted, she wanted one cause she wanted to rep Aww. the podcast. Aww. So, so I'm keeping, I am keeping two, but then I have 18 available. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they won't fit a Sasquatch head. Never um, just, just, just sticking with the old Cajun hat. Yeah. 
Uh, and so then if Jeff, if Jeff wants one, then we've got 17 available. Mm. That'll be up. I don't know if this is, if this fits Jeff's style what's, or not. What is, what's um, the hat? We need model, like what model hat is this? Uh, it is a, um, it's pretty similar to a Richardson 112. Um, I think it's actually a little more, it's, I think it's more comfortable than a Richardson 112. Uh, it's, it's, uh, Port Authority, uh, C112, which maybe it is a Richardson 112. I don't know. Um, it's probably a knockoff. I think the, the, it, it might be, I mean, like it's like, it's mesh back. I mean, it's very similar. Uh, I actually had I had I picked this hat because I had one from a Calumet that my buddy gave me that was a Calumet like whiskey mm-hmm. logo hat uh, and it, and so I just looked and it was pretty comfortable and I liked it and uh, so I was like well I'll just try I'll get those because I like it um, and it's the I feel like the brim is slightly flatter than a Richardson one twelve. Okay. So it doesn't, it doesn't, for, to me, it doesn't seem to like crowd like my sunglasses as much. Mm-hmm. So um, I know you had a complaint with it, the Richardson that it had like a, a spot right here that kind of pushed on your forehead. The one that I got of our Hit Factor hats, like, like the seam on the very front on that Richardson 112 mm-hmm. digs into the front of my forehead pretty I'm bad. Sure you're not the uh, only one. Like an almost, um, which Richardson has a five panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that seam stops. It doesn't go all the way down. That's what Leif's GX, host, GX hats are the Richardson 112 5 panel. It may not be a 112, but it's the same hat just with the 5 yeah. panel. And uh, those don't those don't rub on like my forehead like that. Okay. So I looked at those, but I just went ahead and got this one because I could, I could get it. Uh, but the next one will be like uh, kind of like an old school like trucker like foam hat. With some like colors and stuff, yeah, and it's dude, gonna be, I want one that has like awesome. the rope across the front, you know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We can do that. We can the next one. The next one will have the rope. It'll be kind of that foam yeah. hat with kind of like some uh, with some more colors and stuff in it. It'll be, it's gonna be busting. Busting. Cool. All right. Well, I guess let's wrap it up, boys. All right. Thanks for listening. Go to Shooters Connection, buy all the stuff. Uh, tell them we sent you by clicking our link and uh, join the Discord and uh, give me feedback on power yeah. rankings because I love fighting with people about that sort of stuff. Everybody likes to tell me on those power ranks. Everybody likes to tell me how wrong they are, how wrong I am, but they don't actually like to offer up their right. power rankings. Welcome to the internet. I love it. I mean, like, I, 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 I feel like that's it. just part of being it. friends yeah. with you. Like, if we just, you just have to tell you that you're wrong and stupid, and we don't have to have a reason. That's probably that's probably somewhat fair. So, all right, thanks for listening, everybody. Peace. Oh, stop recording! Damn it. <laughs>